Hello, guys. Hi, guys. Welcome to Kawaii Cast. So today we're doing something a little bit different. We are doing something a bit different. So uh, we actually had a very real conversation when we first started this podcast. Because uh, for those of you who don't know, we record these episodes in the lower part of the house of Tyler's maternal we, parent. We, we record this in the lower dwelling of the matriarch's domicile. Yeah, and the reason we're referring to it as such is because we had a conversation that we can never actually use the term mother's basement on this podcast because that term is coined by a popular Anituber on YouTube known as Jeff. Yes. So, <laughs> the reason I bring that up now, and the reason we are actually using the term, is because Mother's Basement recently shared a video which was continuing a conversation started by the other popular YouTuber, Gigook, about whether or not there is such a thing as a modern classic anime. And at the end of the Mother's Basement video... He, he he invited people to share their own thoughts, comments, um, videos, whatever, and, and so we are doing it in podcast form. Yes. Because, obviously, we run a podcast. Yeah, so we do need to clarify, this is not a collaboration. We were not invited personally by either of these YouTubers to do this episode, and we are not trying to bank off of the ideas that they've already started. We just simply thought, we're content creators, we can continue this conversation, so why not? Yeah. Also, we're like a thousand times less professional than both of them, so... <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> and if you have not seen their videos, or you, in particular, those videos... If you have not seen those videos, um, I will be putting a link in the description... Yes. So you can go check those out before listening to our thoughts if you want. Yeah. They're each, what, 15 minutes long? Oh, yeah. They're not very long videos at all. And both of them, like I said, are insanely talented. And it's because of their videos that we wanted to do this and we wanted to talk about this. We actually had another idea planned up for this week and we postponed it because we wanted to talk about this instead. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we definitely do take inspiration from them not just in this video but a lot of times we'll go to them for ideas and inspiration so it's true uh if again if you guys haven't checked out those videos check out those videos and maybe watch some of their other videos too you know pay it forward yes yeah so with that in mind uh is there such thing as a modern classic anime <laughs> Uh, you know, that is a good question, and that's that's why we're here to discuss <laughs> that's it. That's why we're here to discuss it, so... Uh, so, so do you want to go over, like, some of the things that Gigook and Mother's Basement talked about? Yeah, because they Of the both... makings of the modern classic? Yeah, they both actually had really, really strong points. So basically, Gigook was on the stance that there is currently no anime in the recent lineup of animated since the seasonal tradition has become a thing that could be considered a classic. And a few of his reasons why were basically it came down to it has to hit a three-point criteria. And you 
I don't know if you took notes on what I those did. three points were. So I'll See, let you take right over. here. Yeah. So so the the three points of those criteria are impact. So basically, how much an anime affected uh, basically the anime community, the fandoms, mm-hmm. whatnot. Uh, second one is quality. You know, I I don't think we need to describe quality in an anime. Not Goblin Slayer. <laughs> yes, not Goblin Slayer. <laughs> um, and and the third is he listed staying powder power. Yes. So so a series that even years after its release, it it still holds up. It still has influence. And it was that third point that really, I think, was his strongest point of his video because with the seasonal lineup, we tend to have the memory of, like, previous seasons of a gnat. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's so weird. With, with the way anime is now, um, I know, especially with when we go over our Crunchyroll Awards, mm-hmm. you know, we'll talk about them, and... Some of the the things that are listed, we look back and we're like, "Wow, really? Was that just this year?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, it seems like there's so much that it's like, "Huh." So the question is, could anything survive that trial? I think the first two we could definitely name some anime, but is there anything that people are going to remember a few years down the line and? I even did a little bit of research as to figure out what qualifies as a classic, not just through anime, but through anything. Uh, whether it be books, movies, songs, you name it. And I found that the standard amount of time that has to pass for something to be officially registered as a classic and recognized as such is 25 years. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that is the standard for films, books, and songs. And all of that was decided by three completely different groups. Uh, For songs, it was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, For movies, it was the Academy, and I'm not sure who did it for books. But it was pretty much 25 years across the board. And anime, I don't know if there's any anime that people still really really hold onto that staying power for 25 years let alone something that's come out recently ava yeah that's true (laughs) sorry ava i think has that been out for 25 years now it has to have been yeah no you're right it has been over 25 years for that yeah like it's it it still influences you know modern anime uh it's it's still brought up it i think Evangelion fits the qualities of being a classic. Oh, it even including does. your twenty-five years. So I think uh, big ones that come to mind when it comes to anime that's hit that point that still has influence and could be considered classic. This one's not an anime, or at least hasn't hit that twenty-five years for anime yet, but has <laughs> definitely hit that twenty-five year milestone for manga. Would be JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Which was inspired directly by Fist of the North Star, which definitely hit that 25-year mark. Oh, yeah. And then, going past that, we have things like Astro Boy, and here in the West, uh, definitely Akira. Yes, Akira. um, Was a big one. Cowboy Bebop, I think, is getting pretty close, isn't it? It's getting pretty close. I don't don't know if it's quite at that 25-year mark. Yeah, I know Yu Yu Hakusho just hit 20. 
and Cowboy Bebop came out around the same time. Okay. So they're both really close, but that puts uh, the Dragon Ball franchise over 25 as well. Okay. So... So, that being said, I, I personally wouldn't consider the Dragon Ball franchise a classic, mm-hmm. but that's just me personally. Yeah. But then you have people that have already listed things like Helsing and Full Metal Alchemist in these classic categories when they're definitely not near that point yet. So I they're, think they're not to the twenty-five year point. Yeah. So I think the twenty-five year rule doesn't really apply to anime in this conversation. Uh, you know, it, yeah, yeah, I, I can, <laughs> I can agree with that. Um, if, if only because. I I don't think anime in in the typical sense has been around as long as those other things, you know, as long as books, movies, yeah. you know, those. So Well, like anime started after World War II, so you're completely right about that. Where film, even western animation started back in the early 1900s. Yeah. So you are absolutely right about so, that. So I feel like you can't hold that same 25-year time frame to a, a newer model. Yeah. And I do think time is important in this conversation, but I think holding it to the that standard is going to get things way too tricky, especially when we're talking about can these modern anime hold up? Because it's hard to say whether or not something's going to hold up for 25 years. Yeah. Um, and, and that being said... Uh, I know one of Mother's Basement's, you know, qualifications for, you know, something being a classic is continued quality. Yes. So so it still has to hold up, you know, years later. Yeah. So I, again, me being the nerdy film student who got a degree in this stuff, you know, my useless degree. Uh, well actually actually so i wanted to dive into the subject a bit more than what gigug and mother's basement looked into because i think while both of them used a lot of strong evidence i feel like both of them had made up their minds about what their opinion was before they had started writing their scripts and for me i wanted to approach this very much like I'm going to do a peer-reviewed study about it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I did read a lot of peer-reviewed studies on what qualifies as a classic. And probably the best source I came across was an Italian writer who in the 80s wrote a book about why it's important to go over the classics, whether it be books or film. And he had a four, uh, 14-point criteria of what makes a classic a classic. Uh, okay, let's let's yeah. lay it down. What, and by the name, his name is Italo uh, Calvino. I probably butchered his name. But... Probably. So I did just kind of summarize these. They're, they were a lot longer. And probably the point that was the most important, in my opinion, out of his criteria that applies to our conversation is... A classic is a book or movie which has never exhausted all it has to say to its readers or viewers. And I think that was probably the one that stuck with me the most. So so something that, like, uh, the message of the, the series still holds true. Yeah, it's universal, it still holds true, and I think every time you go back to reread it or rewatch it there's something new that sticks with you. So, and that goes to his other points. Uh, 
one is mostly he refers to us as books, but it's like, uh, when people say, or people, when they're reading it, will say, I'm rereading it, not I'm reading it. Uh, it's a treasured experience that is as rich of an experience when you reread it as it was the first time you read it. Uh, it imprints ourselves in our imagination, basically being something that sticks with us forever. Uh, anything that we create or come up with in the future will have some level of the DNA from that book. The That almost aligning, aligning with, like... Uh... Giguk and Mother's Basement impact and influence. Like, yeah. that it will influence your future works. Yeah, exactly. Uh, rereading offers a sense of discovery, which is kind of what I was saying, is that every time you go back and you experience it, it you're getting something new out of it each time. And... Uh, when you read it for the very first time, it feels like rereading it, and this was kind of the weirdest point. And I think that, to me, is, like, it feels familiar to you. Like, it feels natural to experience it. It's it's okay for something to be new, but you, it needs to feel like it's always been, a like, part of your opinion or part of who you are. In other words, everything's a remix. Exactly. <laughs> and I, that kind of sums up all of it, actually. Uh, the other one is that it's something that even if... I, I'm just going to sum up all these. I'm probably not going to go over all 14 just because it's a lot to talk about. Uh, one of the other big ones that stuck with me is that when you, you hear about it, like let's say everybody's been talking about Fullmetal Alchemist and you haven't watched it yet. And everybody's like, you need to go watch Fullmetal Alchemist and you know the plot and you know the characters and you've heard everything about it and you just feel like, okay, whatever. And you go and watch Fullmetal Alchemist, you're like, Okay, that wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. Like, even if you knew what was going to happen, and it's just, it's been around for so long that everybody talks about it, you still watch it, and it just, it feels like a new experience. Mm-hmm. So, I tried to think, is there really anything like that that comes to mind? And I could say that there's a lot of things that are coming out right now that comes to mind, I think. There's, there, there's a lot that has come out um recently and there's even stuff that's still coming out yeah you know that that i think you still get that yeah i think the first thing that came to mind when i was going through all this criteria and i was thinking is there anything that came out fairly recently that makes me feel this way and my immediate thought was your name yeah um i've i've actually in my notes got your name here <laughs> um i i personally um even even though it doesn't necessarily fit the time frame of mm -hmm. the 25 years obviously but i think we can throw that out yeah no I, we're definitely throwing that i out. i feel <laughs> that your name has it's it's gotten to this point that it, i think we can consider it a modern classic i absolutely think we can consider it because it's just I, I think it has a lot of the the uh, qualities that fit with what Gigguk was saying. You know, it mm -hmm. had a huge impact. It's very good quality. And even to this day, like, people still, you know, talk about it. It's still got the staying power. Yeah, and I think it also meets the criteria of Mother's Basement, which we didn't really go over, but a lot of them were actually very similar to Italio uh, Calvino's criteria. He just kind of narrowed it down a bit better. Yeah. 
Whereas influence, uh, continued quality. Yeah, it... I honestly... it Also, another big thing is that it has to feel like it continued from another classic. That was another point from the book, is that classics will always feel like they were inspired by other classics, but will always go on to feel like they're going to inspire new classics. Yeah. If that makes sense. And Your Name definitely already has that. I mean, how many people were raving about how Your Name, uh, the director, Makoto Shinkai, is the new Hayao Miyazaki? Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot. And <laughs> and he's he's definitely, I think, a good director. Oh, he's a fantastic you director. Know. It was almost insulting that he was being compared to Hayao Miyazaki because he's his very own Yeah, like he's, he's got his own style. He's got his own you know, forte. But yeah, you could definitely see the path that he walked down to get to where he is. And you can also see the paths that he opened up for other movie directors. I mean, we went to go see Fireworks because they promoted it as being the same producer as your name, which doesn't mean shit, by the way. Yeah, producer is just means the guy who forked out the money. Yeah, basically, basically it's saying it came out of the same wallet. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I can say with all uh, guarantee a, a, that... A one dollar bill is coming out of the same wallet as a 20. Yeah, basically. Fireworks was awful. <laughs> I, I don't know how many times I've mentioned how much I dislike fireworks on this podcast, but I will mention it again. I disliked fireworks a lot. I, I didn't hate it. I just didn't think it was that great. It's one of those movies that the more I thought about it, the more I hated it. Yeah. I wanted to like it. I really did. I really liked the idea for it. Somehow the visuals were great. Oh, the visuals were great. Uh, except for the, you know, the whole three-minute train scene where it was just the outside of the train with the characters talking that, inside the train. That's why I said some yeah. of the... <laughs> <laughs> and the weird-ass uh, acid dream that she's having where the guy's like... I think the best part of that movie, and I will say, is when she's having the acid dream... And then later in the movie, we get to watch the whole scene over again, but from the guy's perspective. And she's just, like, dancing around and yeah, singing and awkwardly, just... and he's sitting there like, is is this happening? Is is this a thing? Yeah, I think that all movies should have a moment like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want... I just, I want to see that in, like... A Disney movie. Yeah. Like, I want to see, you know, a princess coming along and singing her happy song, and then it cuts to, like, the view of, I don't know, some person on the street, and yeah, no, just straight up. watching this princess sing as she walks down the road or some shit. Yeah, absolutely. Any movie that involves time travel especially should have one scene in the first, like, timeline where a character's singing, and the second timeline, when they go back in time, should just feature somebody watching them make an idiot of themselves. <laughs> like, that really was worth the ticket cost. Just to watch and be like, this bitch is crazy. Uh, <laughs> Why am I going to Tokyo with her again? <laughs> so, so that being said, um, I know it's not part of the, the classic conversation, but yeah, I have to point fine. out... Uh, Love Chunibyo and other delusions. Uh-huh. It does have that. It's hilarious. <laughs> like like you see you see Rika out there and she's like fighting her sister and she's doing like all these like you know, spell casting and like really cool moves. And then you cut to like the vision of you know, of the male protagonist, and you just see like 
Rika attacking her sister with an umbrella and her sister deflecting it with a ladle. Would, it's hilarious. I would like to point out, this is the reason we do podcasts instead of video essays. Because you and I have the attention span of a moth in Vegas. <laughs> Ooh, light. <laughs> lamp, 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 lamp. But which lamp is the brightest? <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> Modern classics. Modern classics. So yeah, your name definitely fits all the criteria. And I think anybody who says that your name's not going to be considered a classic down the road, I think just really disliked your name. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> oddly enough, I ha- I don't think I've met anyone who's said that they disliked your name. I personally haven't met anybody, but there's definitely those people on the internet that just feel like they're above it. That's true. There's like, <laughs> there's always that person on the internet. Like, I get it, you guys. You were mad that it was nominated for an Oscar and it won Best Animated Film of the Year, the Crunchyroll Awards, the year after it came out, which, seriously, Crunchyroll, get your shit together. Hmm. But <laughs> it was a good film. Yeah. And I would definitely argue that the great films that have gotten American theatrical releases that might even be better films like Silent Voice and Mirai and several others. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I know there are some. Uh, Those probably wouldn't have had the releases that they did had it not been for Your Name's popularity paving the way for it. And Your Name definitely would not have had the release it had if it had not been for Miyazaki being so popular here in the West. Yeah, um, especially with Spirited Away. Yeah. Like, that that came to the U.S. and it made a huge splash yeah. here here in the States. And and because of that, it it, it did create this, this butterfly effect of bringing even more anime films to the U.S. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did want to comment directly on something that Mother's Basement stated. He did claim that Spirited Away got the classic status, but Princess Mononoke and other Miyazaki films did not. And I would argue that Princess Mononoke, while it might feel a bit more like a cult classic, there are definitely people that would put it on the same pedestal as uh, Cowboy Bebop. Uh, so, so that being said, uh, I... I would like to think, actually, I don't have to like to think, I know, mm-hmm. uh, Princess Mononoke is probably my favorite Hayao Miyazaki film. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about, like, which one is, like, more liked, but... No, I... no, I, I understand. And and so for me, it's like, that that one has a special place in my heart. Yeah. So, so for me, I would consider it a classic. Yeah, I think... Uh... While Spirited Away is definitely the most mainstream of the Miyazaki films, I don't think it's the only classic. No, not at all. I think if you say Cowboy Bebop is considered an anime classic, but Princess Mononoke is not, I think that's a bit... Like, I... It feels like you're reviewing it with blinders on, in my opinion. And... That does raise my point. The first time I saw Princess Mononoke was when I was 13 years old... And it was a dollar movie theater that was having, like, a one-night viewing. And I went to go see it with my dad and my sister. And, again, poor attention span. I didn't pay much attention to it. <laughs> there was, like, five people in the entire you, theater. You, Three you, of them were us. You, you weren't a chameleon then. You couldn't pay attention to the screen and the subtitles? Yeah, no, I really couldn't. 
And so I kind of got the gist of what was going on, but again, there was five people in the entire theater. There is nothing in my 13-year-old brain that would have said, this movie is going to be something I'm going to argue is a classic in the future. <laughs> yeah. There was nothing exciting about it at the time. When I got older and a bit more mature, I did sit down and finally watch it, and I loved it. But I, I don't think any of the five people in that theater would have been screaming that this will someday be a remembered film that everybody cares about. And now... Every single year, we have Ghibli Fest at the movie theater. Yeah. You can mark your calendars by when Ghibli Fest starts. And Princess Mononoke is almost always on that viewing list. And those tickets sell fast, especially if you're in a popular area. Oh, yeah. So I remember we've missed out on Ghibli Fest, like, every time. I know. There's, it's, there's always been... Like, we want to go see these films in the theater because, for various reasons, say, we either haven't seen it in the theater or, you know, it's like, oh, we just want to go see it again. Yeah. But it's like, it it always seems to come up at a bad time, whether it's financially or us being busy. Or the tickets are gone. Or the tickets are gone. Like, it, it always seems to be a bad time for us. We did get to catch Princess Mononoke in the theaters, like, right before Ghibli Fest started. And it was packed. Yeah. Like, 13-year-old me would never believe that there would ever be a theater packed full of people wanting to see that movie. For reals. And that's why I do think time is an important part of this conversation, because none of the stuff that people call classics would have ever been thought of being classics, or even cult classics, when they so, were first coming out. So, so that being said, um, I wonder if maybe, like, a... Uh... Uh, like a snowballing influence mm-hmm. has has an effect like maybe when it first comes out you know it's it's not very popular mm-hmm. you know say like princess mononoke but like as time goes on it gets more popular you know it gets yeah. more people you know that that have seen it that have enjoyed it you know I, does would you say that might be an effect of what would consider a cult uh, a classic Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I think, and again, I think that's why time has become the important factor here, because sometimes that snowball effect doesn't happen. We see a snowball rolling down a hill, but then that hill turns into mud and the snowball goes away. Yeah. And that's why so many, like, official groups are just like, no, we have to make sure this film still holds up in 25 years before we can call it a classic. This song needs to be just as popular in 25 years as it is now before we put it in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Stuff like that. And I think that's the reason why this is such a difficult conversation, because we can't predict what's going to make it through that filter of seasonal animal or anime bullshit. Yeah. And, again, at the time, I never would have predicted anything that people are referring to his classics now as classics. Yu Yu Hakusho was just that weird show that I watched with my small clique of friends that we like to brag about because everybody at school thought we were weirdos and we probably got bullied a lot for it. <laughs> but yeah. I never would have thought that as an adult there would still be people talking about it. Yeah. That there would be YouTubers talking about it. That there would be people actually breaking down like how good of a show it was and the influence it had and the influence that inspired it. And trust me, I'm part of this group. Yeah. Uh, so, so for me, it's, it's kind of the same thing. Like I, I never would have thought that 
something like Full Metal Alchemist mm-hmm. would still be as popular today as it was when it was coming oh, out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because like, to me, it was like, oh, this is a really cool show. I'm, I'm really enjoying this, you know? And and it was just like the show at the time. You, you wouldn't mm-hmm. really consider it. Yeah, and that's another thing is like there was... When we were in high school, anime wasn't a seasonal thing. It was kind of an annual thing. Like, Full Metal Alchemist was the anime of that year. Yeah, it was what 52 56 ish episodes yeah something like that and which is a full year run fruits basket was the anime of the year prior to that too <laughs> yes i remember the year before full metal alchemist came out it was my sophomore year you could not find anybody that talked about anime that wasn't talked about fruits basket and i would say that fruits basket never really hit the classic status the fact that we got the remake of it and it kind of felt like this, like, soft, like, premiere. The people that were big fans of Fruits Basket were like, yeah, I'm hyped about this, but it didn't really make as big of a splash as I think we the fans were expecting it to. Yeah. And there's still a lot of people just telling, like, these new anime fans, like, hey, no, seriously, you should give it a shot. It's pretty good. And they're like, well, I've never heard of it before. Okay, so... And you could never say that about Full Metal Alchemist, <laughs> which only came out a year later. Yeah. Uh, so so with with that thought in mind, mm-hmm. um, I had one 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 of my notes that I wrote down, wrote down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, a remake of a classic... You know, like, could you consider a remake a modern classic? See, I have... so so with something like, say, Devilman Crybaby. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a remake of Devilman, which is old, which is a classic, and it's I think would be considered a classic. Yeah. Like, like, could you consider Devilman Crybaby to be a classic, even though it is a remake? So I actually I had this conundrum. When I was thinking about JoJo's, because I was like, I could easily throw JoJo's, the manga, into this classic status, but does the anime qualify just because it's a one-for-one remake of the manga? And then I had to think about this a lot, and then I thought, that spiraled into the thought that you're having, would Devilman Crybaby be a remake simply, or be a classic simply because it's a remake of a classic? And I would, I would, I kind of just want to say it depends (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I want to believe that Devilman Crybaby will survive the test of time. I, I would like to think so as but well. But I don't think it's because it's Devilman. Um, I want to think that it's going to get there on its own criteria. It, exactly. So so with that, you know, like there's Devilman Crybaby, obviously, which made a huge splash. Mm-hmm. But then there was also like, um, what's it called? The boxing anime. Oh, uh... Megalobox. Megalobox. Yeah. Like, that was a remake of an older series, you know, Champion Joe. Yeah. But it did, I don't think it made as quite a big of a splash as Devilman Crybaby. Uh, Megalobox feels like, even though it was so well done, that it is going to be, like, a passing thing. So, so that one, um, would you maybe consider that one, like, a cult classic? Like it's, I don't it's even not... know if it reached that level, though, was the thing. Like, typically when I think of a cult classic, I think of something that is beloved by a certain niche group, okay. but it's so big that it's like, yeah, this is... And I almost feel like the JoJo's anime is there right now, where it's like, people that are diehard JoJo fans are immediately thinking, like, this anime is a classic, but for the normal anime community, it just feels like that weird subgroup. 
that mm-hmm. don't know what they're talking about and just keep posing at conventions because they're weird. <laughs> but <laughs> Just make a weird pose. It's somehow JoJo's. Yeah, so it's like, I feel like a cult classic is something that could be a classic for people that understand that particular group. And I think JoJo's falls into that a bit better. Although, again, it's weird because the anime and the manga seem to be almost two entirely different groups in spite of the fact that it's almost a one-for-one adaptation. JoJo's is a weird thing to talk about in this subject because I don't really know where to put it. The manga is absolutely a classic. The anime feels like a cult classic. (laughs) Its fans just feel weird. (laughs) And I'm one of them. Again. (laughs) That'll learn ya. So I just... It's... It's something I like to be a part of because then I get to pick Dio and Jump Force and make Stefan mad. But. But it's like. Right now, Stefan's having nightmares. Yeah, so I think adaptations are another weird kind of branch of this conversation. But I think, like, as far as remakes, because we've talked a lot about remakes on this podcast, like, just this year. But I think, like, you could consider Dororo, the original Dororo, as kind of a, almost a cult classic because its creator is, like, probably one of the gods of manga. He is considered, one, like... The, probably one of the, the, like, forefathers of manga. Yeah, he's he's absolutely the father of manga, and everything he's created has reached some some level of classic status... But I don't think the remake of Dororo is going to live as long as its predecessor. Okay. Even though I think it is a better show. It is fantastic. I love Dororo. Yeah, and I think that's the weird part of this conversation, is that I think that they handled this remake really well. But I just don't know if it's going to spark the conversation to become a classic. Okay. And that actually does remind me of kind of just a note that I left here. So, (laughs) I think that sometimes the things that we want to imagine are going to become classics just aren't going to. They'll fizzle. Yeah, I think that is one of the harsh things about Hmm. the current climate of seasonal anime is that we're... And that's why this is a tough conversation because... It really is all about the fact that time is going to tell us whether or not things are going to stick or if they're going to lose their traction. And I think we can look at something we enjoy, something that fits the 14 criteria that I was talking about, and we could say this deserves to be a classic, but it doesn't mean it's going to be. And one of the things Mother ba- Mother's Basement brought up was the idea that Rakugo should be a classic. It really does hit those 14 points of criteria and was absolutely wonderful both on a storytelling level and a filmmaking level that it feels criminal that it's not going to be a classic, but I don't think it's going to be. On on the other hand, it could somehow end up being like a sleeper classic. It could like, be. But... Like years and years from now, you know, down the road, maybe someone could find Rakugo and, and be like, Hey, this, this is great. And like, bring it back to attention. And then it could gain, you know, all of the the infamy. It could, but I do feel like that's a bit optimistic. And I think the more realistic 
like perspective of this is that it's probably going to fall into those obscure fan series that really deserved more attention than they got, like Samurai Deeper Kyo and Kramate High School, which are both great anime that just didn't get the viewership to really gain those classic statuses. Yeah. Especially compared to a lot of their predecessors that inspired those shows. But then you look at something that may not fit like these great criteria of what makes a good anime that are going to get these classic statuses. And one that he brought up is things like Sword Art Online, which had such a huge influence that we are literally getting more Sword Art Online and we're getting... Rising of the Shield Hero, which is just Sword Art Online, you guys. Let's be honest. (laughs) It's like Sword Art Online, except with slightly better cast. Like, Yeah. I mean, it's to the point... On on the other hand, though, I I don't think uh, the female cast in Shield Hero has been pinholed into this damsel in distress I, we will talk about shield here in that a few weeks. that sword art online did yeah no we will we will talk <laughs> about shield here in a few weeks uh, i have that episode scheduled because i just need more reasons to make stuff wrong <laughs> <mad> at me <laughs> uh, speaking of shield hero the raftalia nendroid yeah, has it, been did, released. it did get released. It's, it is really cute. It is adorable. I so. may have to purchase it. You and, like, every other person on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, like, I literally saw people that just like, I don't know who this character is, and I already bought this Nendro. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Oh, my God. So. And I'm just like, eh. Like, I, I, I don't know if I'd have an easy time buying one of a character I didn't know. Yeah, oh no. Like, like, not, a, like, not at like $50 at the cheapest. They you know? they would have to be like a really good character design. It's not even for just me. the money either. It's like the shelf space. Like where am I going to put this? That's fair. Yeah, like, I've seen your shelves. You don't have any space. I don't have any space and I still need to buy that $90 uh Arsen model. That's going to take up all the space I don't have. <laughs> That's right. Gonna have to throw away a lamp or something to make room for that. Um, You don't need light. Yeah, I think that is kind of the sad thing, though, is that it's hard to hit every criteria that deserves classic status. And if I had my way, uh, things like Rockago and Thunderbolt Fantasy would just be declared classics and everybody would just watch good shows because I know what's best for them. Mm Mm-hmm. But the truth is that people are just going to watch things that they like. And things like Goblin Slayer are much closer to gaining that classic status than yeah. things like Rock um, Like, that being said, um, it seems like each each generation has its own... Uh, or, or, yeah, like, each, each generation of anime has its own almost genre mm-hmm. of of these anime that you know could be lifted into the you know the the classic category uh like us you know the the mm-hmm. 
we're an older generation, let's face it. Yes. You know, so with us, it'd be things like Cowboy Bebop, Trigun, mm-hmm. uh, Outlaw Star, which are very space westerns. Yeah, and of those three, <laughs> I think one of, like, Outlaw Star probably deserved it the most, if I'm being honest. And look, it fizzled out. Yeah, uh, and, and that's the key factor is time, I think. Time yeah. is, is the biggest thing of of what makes a classic yeah um and and that being said like after that you know something you know kind of like full metal alchemist you know that that would be you know like that generations you know this kind of qualifies as what would make a classic yeah absolutely so so it seems like it comes in in spades whereas you know the newer one you might get something like sword art online or yeah. log horizon you know a a video game isekai yeah also uh kind of a weird one that's still going but i think still deserves classic status based on its first season alone would be attack on titan yeah i think attack on titan is going to be just as remembered in the future as sword art online uh attack on titan made a it made a big splash uh that that being said you know there's Another one that I think almost fits that, One Punch Man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one it, Punch it Man. made a huge splash. It still affects, you know, the like what's what's coming out. It still affects the community. Yeah, and that's another thing too. While I think Mob Psycho 100 <laughs> deserves it a bit more, I think when it comes down to you know who's going to be written in the history books of anime, One Punch Man is likely going to be the one that gets remembered yeah if only because it was a far more marketable franchise than mob psycho 100 in spite of mob psycho 100 being the better show yeah um so so that being said both attack on titan and one punch man are continuing series at the moment that have dropped in quality (laughs) that have dropped in quality (laughs) i'm still watching attack on titan actually (laughs) so so the question there you know, for me, I had this thought was like, can a continuing series be considered a classic? With that, so, I'm, I'm going an- to so, answer your so question like, with a question. So like with Dragon Ball Z, you know, or Dragon Ball, whatever, like it's it's been continuing forever now. Like, and and I don't consider Dragon Ball a classic, but but some people might. So, before you get too far into this, I'm going to answer your question with another question. Do you consider Star Wars a classic? Uh, (laughs) Ah. That's... (laughs) It's hit the 25-year mark. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's a continuing series. (laughs) That is super rough. Right? Because, like... It did finish, mm-hmm. and then they decided to continue it. Mm-hmm. Oh my my god, that's that's hard. I mean, I I love Star Wars. I'm gonna have to say it's a classic. Mm-hmm. And I think, but most people... but again, but again, that's that's for also episodes four, five, and six. Well, yeah, I think most you, you people... might not be able to consider the newer portions of these classes. Well, that's that's my point. My point being that I think most film critics <laughs> would agree that the original Star Wars trilogy can be defined as a classic. 
or a trio of classics. In spite of the fact that the newer films might not ever reach that status, and even the prequel trilogies will probably never reach that status, that doesn't diminish the original trilogies classic status and that's that's kind of the point i'm trying to make with like attack on titan and so so you you might be able to consider like the first season of attack on titan and one punch man a classic yeah but maybe not the later exactly yeah even though like it is a continuing series and you could even put like dragon ball or dragon ball z in that category but leave out dragon ball super okay so I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so I, that's why I wanted to hit you with that really tough question because I, that it is a tough question. <laughs> yes, so. that, that that was a good one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm laying it all out. That was a good question. Also, uh, in my research, I think the most shocking thing I found about this discussion of what is and is a, not a classic. Uh, apparently, there was an entire group of scholars that refused to allow the original Lord of the Rings trilogy books into the status of classic novels. Really? Yeah. Why? It was because they didn't consider Tolkien a classic literature writer, and it didn't meet all of their criteria, even though it definitely hits that 14-point criteria written in the 80s. And it was a debate that lasted an insanely long time and Lord of the Rings was finally declared classic novels around the time that the movies came out. Okay. So yeah, I mean, when you were talking about sleeper classics, I do think that is something that can come up. I think there is definitely an argument that something that might not have classic status now might gain classic status later. Okay. And also that a lot of people are just kind of gatekeeping dicks. (laughs) People are gatekeeping dicks. But I, I think the idea that there's no such thing as a modern classic is kind of, I don't want to say wrong, but I think is, again, short-sighted. I think there's no question in my mind that Your Name will go down as a modern classic. I'd like to think that Silent Voice will as well, but time will tell on that one. Uh, again, better film, maybe not quite the level of status it needs. I'd like to think that One Punch Man and maybe Mob Psycho will hit that as well. Yeah. And honestly, and this is just my personal opinion, I think if any anime that's come out in the last year deserves it, uh, The Promised Neverland. If only because I think The Promised Neverland affected me the same way that Full Metal Alchemist did. And is no question my favorite Shonen Jump series. And I think at least deserves the level of recognition that Death Note had. Okay. And Death Note was considered, like, the best anime of, like, the best year of anime ever, so. Okay, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. I would like um, other like, things like Devil Man Cry Baby and Made in Abyss to get that too, but honestly, just... Um, so, so with that, what, what about, like, how would you feel about, like, Erased? I think Erased uh, actually had kind of, like, a list of anime that probably would have hit, like, classic status at some point, but then just fizzled out, and I think Erased is going to fit in that category. Things like, uh, Card Captors, which we could look back on and be like, oh, yeah, I watched that show Oh, I love Card Captors. I don't know if Card Captors ever hit, like, classic status, though. 
Yeah. Or like, like it, it has a fan base, and and the fan base does love it. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like it's it's one of those like. Yeah, or like Fruits Basket, as I mentioned before, Fruits Basket never really. It was just as talked about as Full Metal Alchemist back when it first came out, but it never really became a classic. Mm-hmm. It just kind of got forgotten over time, and it's not because it wasn't a good series. It's just because it didn't have that staying power. And then there was just a ton that really were like back when we were kids everybody's like you have to watch this show you have to you just have to go and watch it go home and watch like things like kenshin but who do you hear talk about Roroni kenshin like it's a classic yeah or things like uh inuyasha which was everybody's first anime when i was in high school <laughs> uh yeah sounds about right and i don't even know if that would be qualified as a classic or the manga and anime by the same creator, Ranma and a Half, which was a fantastic series, but didn't even reach cult classic status. Yeah. Uh, I actually loved Ranma One Half. Me too. Or, or at least, not maybe not the anime, but I was reading the manga. Yeah. And I really loved it. Yeah. I mean, things that fall into that group are things like Dean Angel and Gravitation as well. <laughs> God, we're old! Yeah. <laughs> Also, uh, Azumanga Dayo. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's one I thought would have been a classic. Um, Fooly Cooly. Fooly Cooly. Uh, Fooly Cooly might actually have it, classic status. I, I think it would be classified as a cult classic. You're probably right about that, If actually. If I had to be honest. Like, it has that weird niche fan base. Yeah. So, it's... I think it's just also fun to go back and watch things like that are old like that and just see how much of their dna ended up in anime today mm -hmm. and again i'm gonna bring this back to jojo's <laughs> because uh, jojo's it's hard not to find anything or to find something that doesn't have some jojo's dna in it like i mean just a couple that were coming out around that time one piece and yu yu Hakusho both had direct inspiration from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in the same sense that JoJo's was inspired by Fist of the North Star. And you could also look at things like coming out now and being popular now, like Persona, and even the Ruby dub referenced JoJo's. Yeah. And even things that just give little nods to it, like No Game, No Life. With its re and Skullgirls. Yeah. Had a road roller in it. <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> So yeah, I think it's, I think the idea that we can see so much of today being kind of like descendants of stuff from yesteryear, I think that's why classics are important. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I just don't know if Mob Psycho 100 and One Punch Man would have gotten where they are if it hadn't been for the things that got them there. You know, like, uh, One Punch Man obviously took a lot of inspiration from classic battle shonens, and Mob Psycho, again, has a little bit of JoJo DNA in it. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that's why this conversation is important to continue, because I think whether or not, like, oh, I, I really want this anime to be a classic, but how much, how many people are going to look at that series and think, I want to create something from that yeah or i'm inspired to create something because i watched that i think would be the big question and that's why there's so many isekai <laughs> so many isekai 
Um, so, so, uh, I believe it was Mother's Basement actually brought up this one, like, with, with a, with the modern, you know, formula, like the modern seasonal anime, there is a lot of quality anime that's coming out. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of them. So, so... I think he brought up the question of, like, if there were less anime, would there be more that was considered, that could be considered a classic? I don't think so, actually. Like, yeah, we have so much, but I think you can think of, like, these different criteria points as almost like different layers of a filter. And I think the more you pour into those filters, the more things are definitely going to get backed up and you're going to see a lot of those not make it through the first couple layers, but I think you're more likely to see something fall through. Okay, so so you think even though they're getting filtered out, more, like, the, the higher amount leads to a higher chances of there being one that's considered a classic. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I think that we started to see more classics in film come out during, during like, the golden age of film. And I think when, like, people became more and more inspired by popular books coming out is when we really started to see, like, a golden age of reading as well. I think even things like Game of Thrones could hit the classic status in spite of the fact that it hasn't been out as long. And we knew that it was going to be a classic the moment it came out. Yeah. You know? Okay. Uh, You could just, you see that influence and you see that, like, there's just something special about it. And it just passes through those filters pretty easily. And I think that things like Your Name and... uh, I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think that's just, like, an exception okay. to what's going on or the culture that we're living in now. So so it's it's almost like even though there's more quality shows, um, it seems people are putting more effort into them to make them that much better yeah. than what is out. Yeah, and there's <clears throat> definitely people that are just pumping out shows that they know are just going to sell. That's why we've hit the isekai boom that's why we are getting shows that are entertaining like isekai quartet but definitely aren't going to be remembered in a year yeah (laughs) that's why we're getting things like uh pop team epic and grand blue that are definitely entertaining but we're not gonna think man that shows a classic (laughs) um so so on that uh just another thought came to mind like Mm -hmm. uh Today, we, we live in a very meme-centric culture. Mm-hmm. You know, like, everything is a meme. So, so would, like, do you think the memes have an effect on the classic status? Say, like, with Konosuba, I still see memes of Konosuba pop up. You know, would, would that affect the, the status of whether or not it could be considered a classic? I I actually don't, if I'm being honest. Uh, I think... <clears throat> I, I don't think that memes make classics. I think classics makes make memes. Okay. 
So I think the fact that Konosuba is still getting memes isn't an effect of, well, memes are making it popular, I think is an effect of this series is just so well-loved and it's so great that people are just going to keep using it as like a well of resources okay. for their internet jokes. Uh, again, JoJo's. <laughs> <laughs> so, so many JoJo's Take memes. a shot every time Candace says JoJo. <laughs> Uh, I, I think we want our viewers to stay alive. <laughs> Thank you. What viewers? They're not viewers, they're listeners. I think we want our listeners to stay alive. Thank you. See, I think... I think popular culture is kind of a weird thing. But yeah, I, I don't think memes make classics. Okay. So, nobody's gonna make a loss of Rakugo. <laughs> <laughs> You could though. I'm, I'm I'm sitting here thinking like, could I? I'm sure I could. I'm gonna go back and rewatch Rakugo and find all the loss. Every loss. Because that show's not depressing enough. Nope. <laughs> Need to add fucking memes to it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I do wish that there was a bit more refinement in the anime culture because I do think that things that probably deserve more attention just get overlooked. And I do think that there are classics that slip through the the cracks because people aren't paying attention to them. And they were put on probably an awful streaming network that didn't promote it as well as it should have, or it was mispromoted, you know, then you mean like made in abyss, like banana fish, banana fish, (laughs) uh, Violet Evergarden. Yeah. And currently, and currently because you had to open up this wound. Oh, you Carol did. Carol and Tuesday. <laughs> Damn straight I opened that wound. Which is currently stuck in Netflix limbo. Netflix, I have some words. Netflix, get your ass together. I'm already going to be showing Crunchyroll my PowerPoint presentation. Don't make me make one for you, because I will. <laughs> She'll do it. She's crazy. I'm crazy. <laughs> I know how to use PowerPoint and Excel. And uh, word. Yes, and word. and word. Can you do all three at the same time? Yeah, if the computer lets me. <laughs> <laughs> I could even throw that shit into After Effects. That's what my college degree went to. <laughs> telling Netflix off. That's right. <laughs> Best use of a college degree. It's true. <laughs> Again, this is why we do podcasts. I could never make this into a video essay. I've thought about doing video essays. I really want to be there like the cool tubers that... <laughs> edit and script write i my brain doesn't work that way (laughs) (laughs) we go off on weird tangents it's true but sometimes that's what makes it fun that's what makes it fun that's why i love doing podcasts so i i had four pages of notes and i just keep flipping through them like what the fuck did i write what the fuck yeah i've got like half a page of notes and and you see my notes they are they are jumbled i love your notes i'm so (laughs) proud of you for taking notes by the way So, so, um, on to, like, almost a continuation of my earlier question, like, with, you know, the, the saturation Mm -hmm. of the market of quality anime, um, just, just as an example, uh, like, with American cartoons, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's some that have become very popular recently, you know, Stuff like Steven Universe, mm-hmm. um, Gravity Falls, you know, like these these are very popular, you know, they're very well done. Uh, 
like what what would your thoughts on on say that be because there are a lot of american cartoons that are made but it seems there's just a few that make it few that make it through that people say oh this is really good I think Steven Universe had all the makings of a classic until they decided to milk it for everything that was worth. <laughs> that is fair. Uh, I think in <clears throat> terms of American cartoons, we are seeing a much better quality of cartoons being produced. There was just this dark period of time where Cartoon Network had given up on making anything that they felt worthwhile. Ah, Yes. The annoying orange. Yeah, the annoying orange. <sighs> it got to a point where Cartoon Network realized that YouTube was more marketable than their own network when it came to entertaining kids, and they tried to replicate that formula to no success. And it wasn't until they got back to making things that people wanted to watch, like Steven Universe and... Uh, even things like The Amazing World of Gumball and Regular Show, which were just ideas pitched to them that just worked. They just stuck. And while I don't think any of those shows could ever come out as classic cartoons in the same respect as like The Powerpuff Girls or Dexter's Laboratory, I do think there is some merit in how much is being produced right now like we are getting great shows like star versus the forces of evil and gravity falls which i think will make it as a classic i i firmly believe gravity falls will it it is if you have not watched it definitely a recommend for american cartoons yeah we're even seeing a greater field of cartoons targeted for adults for a long time the cartoons for adults included simpsons and Family Guy, and whatever the fuck else show Seth MacFarlane was making, because he had to have, like, 20 different Family Guys of course. going at the same time. And and now he has his new live-action show, which is basically just Star Simpsons Trek. and Family Guy turned into Star Trek. Yeah, and while Simpsons, original Simpsons, is definitely going to be remembered as a classic, and I think even Family Guy to a certain extent, uh, we are seeing better quality shows like that come out too, like Bob's Burgers and Rick and Morty. Okay. Yeah, that's so. that's true. I say better objectively, uh, classic Simpsons was better than anything. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Rick and Morty and Bob's Burgers <coughs> are way better than the current <clears throat> Simpsons or Disenchanted and Disenchantment. Disenchantment. I but keep yes. saying that. <laughs> I know. I know what you mean. So, and I, I keep, I almost feel sick saying Rick and Morty's a better show because its fan base it, is awful. If the the fan base is terrible, the the show definitely does have good. It's points definitely to it. going to be the next Simpsons, in my opinion. Yeah, it's something um, that we needed when it came out, and now it's just pumping out shit because people want it. Yeah. So. But yeah, I, I think you could definitely attribute this conversation to anything coming out. Is are the cla- are the Star Wars films going to ever reach that classic quality, or are they just going uh, to Star Wars films? Are the Avengers films going to reach this classic status? Yeah, are any television shows? Is Game of Thrones going to be remembered for its great seven seasons, or is its eighth season just 
gonna the make it all go. Yeah. Uh, and that's even it, it doesn't even matter if you like the eighth season or not. It was it was a critical failure. So, uh, same thing with the Last Jedi. If you loved the Last Jedi, <laughs> I'm in the same boat. But it was a critical failure. Uh, even you know, Avengers is starting to hit that with the backlash for things like Captain Marvel. Yeah. And I, I think it's a shame. I really do want to talk more nerd stuff on this podcast. I know that we're an anime podcast, but we... Well, I, 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 so I don't know about you, but I feel like anime and nerd culture kind of, you know, walk a parallel line. It's like... true. Like, we are so invested in so many different things, guys. <laughs> it's... Uh... It's so crazy. <laughs> and this is why I keep telling Stefan to let me on his podcast when they talk about nerdy stuff, because I'm just like, I know I'm the anime chick in this group, but let me talk about Avengers, right? <laughs> For reals. So. <laughs> uh, Gigook also made a point that he thinks that Shonen series kind of fit into their own category because they're kind of branded as, like, classics from the womb. Yeah. So, like, of course... Something my... like, like My Hero... Uh, Naruto, Dragon Ball, Sword Art Online. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think it was typically talked about Shonen Battles. So that would be like the top three, which, uh, My Hero is now part of the top three. Stuff like that kind of fits in its own category. And I, I say that I get where he's coming from with that, but I think it's also dis, or it's, it's unfair. Because My Hero Akko worked hard to get into that top three spot. So, so that... And there's a lot of Shonen Jump series that came before it that tried. They pined for that number three spot and failed. So, so that being said, um, with My Hero, I, I, I believe our, our deciding factor of time will be the key in, in My Hero. I think you could predict it now, though. I think the fact that My Hero Akka has replaced Naruto as the number three Shonen Jump series of all time... I think... See, see, I say this though because I can foresee if if my hero goes the same path as Naruto, mm -hmm. where they basically milk it and for as long as possible, I don't think it will quite get that classic status. That's the thing, but, though. But no. if they get to this point where, like, it finishes on, on a high note, I think it could very well get that classic status. That's the thing, though. Naruto is very, very well regarded as a classic. In spite of its milking. It's... I think anything that reaches the top five in the Shonen Jump, like, polls, automatically, like, gets questioned, is this now a classic Shonen Jump series? Okay. And I, I get, I think that's why I was saying I get why Gigook says that they work differently because they do have that poll rating system. And the, the top three just means that you've already reached God tier battle shonen's rank and you're just now a classic. You know, and okay. One Piece is there, DBC's there, Naruto is there. And then you see the ones that get really close like you can see that they're just they're about to reach out and grab it and then they just fall apart and those are the things like fairy tale bleach 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 was probably the biggest one uh yeah i would even say to a certain extent haiku but i think haiku might actually be able to 
hold on to that classic status not as a shonen series but as a sports series. Okay. Uh, Haikyuu kind of had a uh, safety net there where it's just like, yeah, shonen series. Just kidding, sports show. Just kidding, we're also <laughs> sports. By yeah. the way, you may not know this about a show about volleyball. Yeah. But volleyball is technically a sport. Well, and now uh, Haikyuu is the base standard for what all sports anime should strive to be. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know if Haikyuu is the best sports anime, but it is definitely, like, the quality breaker. It is, like, it is top quality. Like, uh... Usually when you're trying to recommend a sports anime to somebody, you typically say things like, yeah, it's as good as Haikyuu, or it's made by the same people as Haikyuu, which is what I said a lot when I recommended Run With The Wind. <laughs> or it'll remind you of Haikyuu. Yeah. Haikyuu is, it's seriously, it's like, if you want to recommend sports anime, it's just like, how does it compare to Haikyuu? <laughs> that's, that's all you it's need. Fair. To, and if there's a dog in it, just... That's That was the lesson I learned with Run With The Wind. You just tell people there's a fucking dog in it. People watch it. Especially if it's a corgi. Like, if you just, like, tell people, like, there's oh, there's a corgi in this show. It's a long corgi. It's a Sheba. <laughs> Shebas are just long corgis. Prove me wrong. <laughs> but, but, yeah, you, you tell someone there's a corgi in this series. They're more likely to watch it, I think. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of people started Ruby, actually. <laughs> what? Indestructible Corgi? Better watch this. It's a Corgi, and he's also a gun. I'm the first person to think of that joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, why do we mock our listeners? Because <laughs> we also mock ourselves. It's true. So I don't know if we answered anything in this podcast, but that's why it's, it's a podcast. So so that being said, no, I, I think we did answer it. I think that that key factor of time, time is the biggest thing that decides whether or not something is or will be a classic. What a cop-out answer. Welcome for, thank you for listening, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The, the answer to, is there such a thing as a modern classic anime? We don't know yet. See, it it, it all, it's, we've come up with this complex formula where quality times impact divided by time equals, yeah, no. Yeah, basically our answer to the question is... We don't fucking know. Wait and see. Wait, <laughs> wait and see. Uh, so, so I want to. I, I do believe there are exceptions, though. Like, yeah. Like I said, we already established, and I've said this twice in the episode already. Your name is no questions a classic. I even would say Haikyuu is as well. Yeah. Um. So I think we've we've covered most of our thoughts. Yeah. Uh. Go watch Banana Fish. Any any closing. <laughs> Closing statements before we get into, like, any, I don't know, end of podcast shit we got. Um, I I think that modern anime has everything it takes to pump out some classics. And I really do think it just depends on the people watching it. I think there will be an unfortunate day in my life where I realize Goblin Slayer was considered a classic. Yeah. Uh, dark times it was this generation's <laughs> berserk yeah yeah go watch some real anime so um <laughs> for for my closing statement i i have to call out G- gigook 
Uh, he has a show that I think affects has all three of his his qualifications: impact, quality, and staying power. And that is ReZero. And I say this, and this is why I'm calling him out, is because in his videos, he has continued to use the who's Rem it's true. joke. God damn, memes do affect status. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Gigguk, I love you, but I'm calling you out on this one. Tyler I don't know if you're listening. Tyler proved me wrong. He just proved me Memes do affect classic status. <laughs> Who's Rem? Who's Rem? <laughs> I hate you now. You're welcome. Also, uh, if you guys are listening, uh, talk to us. <laughs> yeah, talk to us. We are fans. We really are. We wouldn't do this whole episode if we weren't fans. We're not the type that's just like, these bitches made a YouTube video, and then we gotta talk about why they were wrong. No, absolutely. And, and I think that's why we can like made this podcast, because we're fans. It's yeah. like they... You know, Mother's Basement invited everyone to continue the conversation, and, and that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not like we're bitching. We're just trying to keep it going what losers how dare they make a youtube video about their opinions right (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh hopefully we can meet up with them at cons in the future and chat with them about how everything we said in the last hour has been wrong yes that would be that would make my life thank you (laughs) maybe i'll tag them on twitter Uh, so so that being said if you can if you want to talk to us you can reach us at at KawaiiCast on Instagram, or if you want to email us, KawaiiCast at thecrackedbrain.com. Yeah. Those are good Those are good places. Maybe we'll make you a Twitter. How would you feel about Twitter? I... You want to tweet? You want to tweet? <laughs> you, do you have any idea what my tweets would be? <laughs> Trash and memes. I don't care. You say that like I care. As long as you don't go picking fights with the president, I don't care. Uh, Please don't. Yeah. I I better stay away from Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, I think we can move on to our next segment. Our next segment? Yeah. Is it what I think it is? It is what you think it is. I need to pull up. Is uh, it Isekai? Or Isanat. Okay. Um, like, if, if you don't have one off the top of your head, I've got one. Uh, actually, I have a list. A list. Yeah, oh, I have a list. Oh boy, oh boy. So, and this one uh, kind of falls back into our conversation we were having earlier about fireworks, about that whole like idea of like you just want to see somebody dancing in the streets and call them a fucking idiot. In oh a god, movie. this sounds amazing. So, Already. <laughs> my question to you is: Is Enchanted an isekai? Enchanted, the the Disney film the with Disney with film. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Gisette. Yeah. Gis- yeah, Gisette. Who is a princess that leaves her cartoon Disney film world and goes to the real world of New York City. Huh. Now, now, wait, 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 wait. Cat goes crazy. Um, so... So... You, you said she leaves it. Like, does she leave it willingly? No. 
she is cursed out of her world and forced to go to New York. I'm going to say it's an isekai. You're going to say it's an isekai. It's an isekai because she's she's unwilling. She's forced into another world. Mm-hmm. And like she's she's kind of stuck there. I I think it meets the criteria of it being an isekai. Okay. Uh I would too actually. I think it's a very unique take on isekai because it it kind of has like that Ro- Roger Rabbit thing where it's like cartoon and real world collide. Yeah. But yeah, I I absolutely agree that's an isekai. It also qualifies as a reverse isekai and spoilers for Enchanted, you guys. Because at the end of the movie, uh, the main guy's fiance actually runs away with the cartoon prince and goes into the Disney world. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, so uh, there you have it. Enchanted Isekai. Enchanted is an Isekai. Yeah, so for those of you who are listening for the first time and do not know what the segment is about, Tyler and I will pick random... Uh, movies, books, t- or television shows, and we will debate whether or not they qualify as isekai or isanot. If you guys have your own suggestions for this segment, email us at kawaiicast at thecrackedbrain.com. Or if you have a rebuttal for you have a our rebuttal, decision. if if you if you have a a point of view that uh, makes you think otherwise from our decision, yeah, our let rebuttal. us know. Yeah, so if you if you think that Enchanted is not an isekai, tell us why. And that rebuttal also applies to previous episodes as well. If you yes. go back and listen to one of our other segments on this and you think that the conversations we had in the past either weren't good or you disagreed, let us know as well as that. We have no expiration. If you do send us an email with your rebuttal, we will give you a shout out here on the podcast. Of course. Uh, so please let us know what name you would like us to shout out so we're not giving away your email address. Uh, uh, well, I'm not going to give away the full email. I'll just be like, oh, this person, yeah. and I won't give the uh, address. We will. I actually decided this this week. If they do not give us a shout out name, we will leave it anonymous. Okay. For the sake of their privacy. Yes. So. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, with that, we are going to do a quick just talking about stuff that we need to promote because in one week and one day we will be at utah's pop culture convention that's right down in provo yep so if you are local and interested in going to that con make sure you get your tickets they are still available go to thecrackbrain.com and purchase your tickets there also uh it does not cost you any extra to do that it just helps us out a lot we also have merchandise on our Shopify store. Yes. So. And and that's at uh, cracked-brain.myshopify.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. There is also a link to that on the website. And just a friendly reminder, because this whole episode is about this, make sure you guys go check out Gigook and Mother Basement's channels and their videos on this subject. Again, the, uh, the links to their videos is down in the description or, as Jeff puts it, the doobly-doo. The doobly-doo. Yep. That's a term we can't use in any episode other than this one. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are listening from a source that is not our website, you might not be able to see the description. So simply look up their channels on YouTube. I know there's a shitty way to promote people, but unfortunately, that's just the world of podcasts. Yeah, if, if, so. you, if you don't find a link 
We've said the names several yep. times. You can find them. Yep, Gigug, G-I-G-G-U-K. And then Mother's Basement. I don't think I need to spell that. <laughs> so they're they're popular enough, they'll be quick search results for both of them. Again, shitty way to promote people. I know. Don't call me out on Twitter about it. And, Appreciate and, it. And again, this, this is not a collaboration. <laughs> this is not a collaboration. We just love them. Yep. So... Uh, this won't be a regular thing. We'll be back to our regular boring topics next week. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.